Party's not BS. Me and Shy back again. Season three. Can you believe we made it to three seasons, Shy? I don't know how you're not sick of me. I don't get it. I appreciate you. <laughs> but welcome back, Shy. And we are in the PGD glo- uh, Clubhouse. This is fantastic, man. I, I love I being a part of these events. This is my second time being a part of, of one of their events, and it's it's I, I'm excited. So, but we're back. Season three. We What's are. Up? We're back, and we're in the clubhouse live. It's Masters Week. There's a lot going on, but I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to be here with you. So let's get it going. Let's get it going. So today we're talking a little bit about Masters Week, shot. This is our third iteration. We've always launched the pod, the season coming out around Masters Week. Now. In previous conversations that you and I have had, you've said that sometimes the Masters ain't all it's cracked up to be. So now we back at it again. Masters week. What about the Masters shy that's BS? Or what is it that we need to kind of look out for? We just got to like, you know what? It's Masters, but that's whack over there. Like, what is it? Now, from what I remember, I said actually going to the Masters is a little bit of BS. It was going to the Masters. Oh, my bad. My bad. (laughs) But Masters Week itself, there's always so much to look forward to. Um, There's so much tradition like we've talked about in the past. But like I said before, actually going is a little bit overrated. Obviously, it's expensive. Normally, it's busy. But with COVID, you know, it's limited patrons. Um, So I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting week to see how it plays out. Um, There's a lot of great golf that's about to be going, a lot of players playing well. So I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting week. I was a little upset that Dustin Johnson will go down in history as the shortest Masters champion ever. I mean, he just won like two weeks ago, and now he's already got to defend his title. You know what I'm saying? Quick turn. But it's funny that you even mentioned it. I I love that you said it correctly, right? Because they're not fans. They're not spectators at at Augusta National. They are patrons. You have to call them patrons. So shy. As we get ready for this Masters Championship, what are you looking forward to this year? Oh, um, I think just getting back to a little bit of Masters normal. You know, obviously last year we had it a different time of year. We didn't know what to expect, different weather. The course might have played a little differently. Um, But we're back. It's April. It's Masters. Um, Patrons, like I said, are back on site. So we do get a little bit more of that true master's feel. So I'm really looking forward to that and just kind of turning on the TV and getting ready to watch some great golf. Any early picks for the masters? Anybody you looking at or looking away from? I mean, it's tis the, tis the season. You know what? Um, I don't want to hop on the Bryson bandwagon, but I do really enjoy watching him play golf. I don't know how his game translates to Augusta. He hasn't had a whole lot. How did he finish last year? Actually, didn't finish. It was it was it was not it not it was not the week that he had hoped he'd have, <laughs> and I was looking forward to that. Okay, so maybe he's figured it out. You know, obviously he hasn't had a lot of success in the past. He's the mad scientist. He's had two weeks, <laughs> whatever quick turnaround <laughs> we've had from last Masters to kind of adjust his game adjust his body and figure out how to play this golf course mm, i don't know you know no, i'm I'm, I'm going face i'm like going that. with with the big tall smoothie man i'm going tony fee now oh, i'm going tony, tony fee now tony hasn't like he's broke my heart he's a few due. times he's this definitely year do he he's broken he's my heart like like on the ground like a couple times he you know a couple events earlier this season where it's like you're going into sunday with the lead and the same 
But I, I think he's going to get it done. I mean, Augusta owes him a green jacket because it took his ankle from him a few years ago in the Par 3 championship. You know what I'm saying? That was painful. So, you know, I'm going with Tony Fee now. It's going to be my pick. So, hey, Cheyenne Woods, Doug Smith, again, we are here live in the PGD Clubhouse. Uh, So glad to have you with us here for our uh, first edition of Birdies Not BS in Season 3, Shy. So when we're talking about Augusta, Augusta's done some interesting things over the years to kind of bring in and usher in this new era, this new tradition of the game of golf. They've introduced uh, the drive, chip, and putt uh, championship for the youngsters, and they have also brought in um, the Azalea uh, um, amateur for the women to play. So, Shy, mm-hmm. when we're talking about traditions in golf and, you know, what golf does or doesn't do for certain groups of people, are you proud of Augusta for what they've done and who they've opened the doors to given its background? Yeah, I yes and no. You know, mm. they're a little late to the party. Um, you know, as we know, Augusta National didn't allow their first woman to join until 2012. Um, that's really right. not that long ago. But since then, obviously, they have made a lot of great changes, adding the drive, chip, and putt, having the ANWA, the women's amateur there. That's huge, huge, huge steps in the direction that I think that it needs to go. Augusta is one of the courses with, is one of the courses that is probably known for being the most exclusive. Um, you go there, you, you have to dress a certain way. It's a yeah. lot of men, a lot of, a lot of white men. Um, yeah. So it, it definitely has that stereotype of what golf is and what it has been. But as I said, you know, these, these moves that they've been making do show that they're being more progressive and trying to change, trying to be more open to, the regular folk, which is, I mean, a majority of us golfers. So I love seeing that, but obviously there's always more room to grow. Yeah, is there some takeaways though? Cause you know, when I look at some of the kind of diversity initiatives and things that are happening within the game of golf, and I am giving Augusta national a lot of kudos for kind of opening their doors to, to the different individuals and different communities to come out and play. But sometimes I feel like a lot of this diversity and inclusion, the DNI conversations are just photo ops. They're just opportunities for people to say, Hey, look what we did that one time for this group of people. So do you feel like Augusta is actually authentic in what they're offering to, um, you know, these groups of, of, of women uh, as well as the, the kids coming into play in the drive chip and putt championship, et cetera. I think, I think they are authentic and genuine, but I also think that they're trying to find the perfect balance of keeping that tradition, but then also opening their doors. For example, the women only compete there for one round. It's not the whole tournament. You know, they have two days at a course down the road and then they play the final round at Augusta National. So it's not like... I feel tricked. I didn't know that till right this very moment. I feel lied to and deceived. So one round. One round. Yeah, so the final round is played at Augusta National. So it's like, okay, they're trying, but it is still very exclusive. It is still, you know, I I feel like they're trying to find the balance of of truly opening their doors. Um, but again, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I don't know. I mean, what do you think that they could, it's hard no, to say. I, it's really hard because here's the thing, right? Augusta's like literally the most exclusive club in the country. Augusta, you know, there's, there's like five yeah. courses that, you know, if you're not even near being a member, don't even like try to drop something in the mailbox. Like don't even look <laughs> at Magnolia lane. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do enjoy seeing the kid because what it is, Kids remember the drive, chip, and putt for a lifetime. You know, in, in my career as, as a fitter here, um, I've jumped. I've, I've had conversations with kids that that did get to go and compete here in Arizona, uh, both uh, boys and girls. And when you ask them about it, to see their faces light up, 
because it's something that they've earned, something they enjoyed, something they'll remember and keep close to their heart forever, right? So I really do, I enjoy that part. But, you know, again, we see golf consistently uh, in the spirit of trying to break tradition and be inclusive. We see them kind of skirt it just a little bit. It's like, how much can we do to stay exclusive, but do this (laughs) inclusive thing like a little bit and like, let's get some cameras in here to take some photos and keep everybody just happy enough. Yeah, it's like but still have our own, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I'm really kind of um I'm not upset with golf. I think the last the last year and COVID and you know, and I, I hate to like time stamp this. Like, you know, we, we talk about George Floyd's passing, right? Or his murder, excuse me. I don't like this. It's he was murdered. What what I don't really enjoy, to be honest with you, is the fact that we use that moment as this time stamp for um, this like minority revival or this inclusion like beginning. I I, I don't I don't know how you right. you take that. I I don't enjoy that. You know, it pisses me off that we had to have a man's life get stolen from him way too soon, and then somehow magically the golf industry is now time stamping <laughs> their diversity initiatives with the death of George. Like that's right, and I, it burns me up a little. I'm bit. torn about it because obviously it's something that's positive, and we've been waiting and waiting for it. But why was it? that that tragic and traumatic incident, what triggered everything. Um, you know, these are conversations that we've been having for years, years about the golf industry, but it didn't take until that for people to start listening, paying attention. And maybe it's because they did feel like the pressure was on them. You know, yeah. there were a lot of, yeah. a lot of companies, a lot of different industries that were put, had pressure put on them a to make moves, make differences or make changes. Um, so I don't know. I'm torn about it because it, it is a great thing that's happening. You want to make sure that it's sustainable, that it is long-term. It's not just for the moment. Um, and that's key. I think that's what you, what you just said yes. is super key, is that we want these changes, we want these, this inclusion to be sustainable. We don't want it to be, and I always use this, this expression, the thing that happened that one time. Right. You know, I don't want this to look, look as we've discussed, you know, just you and I, you know, black women eight to 12 have come into the game via the COVID pandemic in larger numbers than in the history of golf. Like, and I don't want us to miss this opportunity to really grow these girls into, uh, uh, you know, professionals, you know, people that are teaching the game, working in golf, playing golf at the highest levels, uh, you know, playing collegiately, getting, mm-hmm. you know, get, taking some of the burden to go to college off their parents. You know, this is an opportunity in time that we actually can seize it. You know, we, we yeah. talked about the tiger boom in 97 and I feel like now we have another boom that it's a completely different subset. Like it's, it's black and brown women, eight to 12. Like, right. what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> no one's ever seen this before. Never seen it. You know, when tiger came out in 97, it was a bunch of old black guys. It was like, you know what? Let me go take my, uh, my cousin, <laughs> so-and-so clubs out yeah. to the, you know, <laughs> We're interrupting this episode because Shy and I want to tell you about something that's changing the way that we practice putting at home. That's right. We use the Perfect Practice putting mat, which is trusted by more than 100 tour pros. Including Masters champion Dustin Johnson. Here's why he loves it. When I'm at home, I've got my putting mat that I can hit some putts on. When I'm on the road, I've always got one with me. You know, it keeps me consistent. That's why I've had such success this year. You can make the putts inside 10 feet, and you're going to play well. 
The perfect practice putting mat makes it easy for you to practice at the crib or at the office. Plus, it's kind of dope, too. Like, you can display it proud. Like, have it wherever you want to. But just use it before or after you're around, and you'll make more putts. If you're serious about shooting lower scores and you just want to stay in the house, the perfect putting mat is what you need. It's the one golf item you'll buy this year that will change your game. Go to perfectpractice.golf and use the code birdiesnotbs to save you some loot. Hey, you're going to save 15% on your order. Who don't want to do that? Head to perfectpractice.golf to start draining more putts. But, you know, as we're here in the clubhouse, one of the messages that I just want to make sure that we're understanding is this golf needs to change, period. It needs to change. What we do uh, moving forward, it will, will amplify in time. And I, and I want to grow this game shot. Like mm-hmm. we want to, I know you do. And is Augusta national kind of the measuring stick? It's a bold question. Is Augusta national, the measuring stick for some of the diversity initiatives and inclusion. And I say inclusion, I'm talking women, kids, uh, you know, in the game of golf, are they, are they a good barometer right now? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, because I feel like Augusta National is is a very, very small part of the golf industry and the golf world. Like, obviously, we said it's super exclusive. Um, not even the wealthiest. You have to be invited to be a member at Augusta. No matter how much money you have, you have to be invited to be a member. Um, so I don't I wouldn't say it's a barometer or even a reflection. Um, I think maybe the golf back in the day yes it's still a little bit of a reflection of that but I do think as a whole the golf industry has done so much um that it actually makes Augusta look like they still are a little bit behind the times Mm. yeah and what I found interesting and when you look at like um you know Seth Waugh the PGA of America and Jay Monahan commissioner of the PGA tour you know what I found interesting is is through these the last COVID and, and you know and and BLM and all these other you know, social justice movements, they've actually sat down with, with folks from varying backgrounds to have conversation and seek to understand. Are you seeing that too on the LPGA, Shy, where people are trying to come together and talk and understand like what, and should I say learn? You know, this is, this is a learning opportunity for a lot of these people in these executive chairs. Are you seeing that from, from your vantage point as a player? Yeah, I think as a whole, um, we've had so many conversations in the golf industry about what has happened in the last year. Um, and not even in the last year, but what a lot of us have experienced our entire lifetimes in the mm-hmm. history of golf. Absolutely. Um, and so the conversations have been sparked, you know, um, there's that ripple effect of things being changed. But yes, yeah, definitely from a player's point, um, we are being listened to uh, from a, the tour side, from the organization side. Um, so I think that's definitely positive for tours to be listening to their players, what they have been experiencing mm-hmm. and making changes. You know, as we've said from the top, golf is not very diverse. So they don't have those voices of telling them what is happening, what experiences they've had, um, how golf is truly affecting specific communities. So um, in the past year, I've definitely noticed conversations being had, people actually listening and actions being taken. Well, Shia, you've you've been a part of some some conversations. You know, you've been on Golf Channel uh, and various other media outlets talking about um, the tradition of golf and things that need to change and what we want to see. How has this time kind of been for you in the last year uh, through the pandemic? And and because you've been on a, like somewhat of a kind of media tour promoting the growth <laughs> of the game of golf. So you know, how oh, has that, that been? Not and, a media and, tour though. <laughs> 
<laughs> but hey, it's like, hey, let's talk to Cheyenne Woods. Let's get her in here to get her take. Because well, it's sad because it kind of is what it turned into. There's only so many black players on tour, so let's let's grab them. You know, let's, like, grab, let's grab this one person and just tour them around and get all of their quotes about black people in golf. Um, it, I mean, it's been interesting, and like you said, you want to make sure it's genuine. You know, you don't want to just be flaunted around because you're the one of few black or you know, black people who play golf and you speak for everybody, you know, because we don't, <laughs> everyone has their own experience, their own background and their own feelings about things. Um, but did you feel again, like that at all? Did you feel like, you know, it's like, why is my phone ringing right now? You know what yeah, I mean? I it's like conversations with other women and black women in golf who have kind of felt the same way about there's other people that can be spoken to, you know, we're not the only ones that, feel away about the golf industry and how we are in the golf industry and also you know panel after panel of being on and I know this is even outside of the golf industry when people are talking about um, diversity and inclusion you're giving all of this advice and these experiences and this input for free mm. and I know it's not like I'm not in this to make money but at the same time those people are do you know what I mean right so I don't know. I think that was that's something that someone brought up to me and I've seen kind of thrown around in other industries as well while these conversations are being had. So obviously it's great to have the conversations, but there's other stuff that comes with it. You want to get everybody's opinion. I don't know. It's kind uh, of it, crazy. You know, it's, it, 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 is, it is interesting because I, as a, as a minority, I want to hear what, you know, the majority has to say on tour. Like, I want to hear what Kevin Kistner has to say about the traditions of games and how we're going to grow it amongst diverse communities. And I don't mean to pick on Kevin Kistner. I'm just making a point <laughs> that, you know, whenever there's some some diversity stuff that pops off, it's like, let me get Tiger. Let me get Harold. Yeah. Let me get Cheyenne. Can I get, let's get Sedina. Like, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's, it's like, okay, yeah. But like, let's, there's more, there's more people to talk to than that. Because right. then you, do, you, you had to feel kind of like it was, you're speaking for the whole industry it's and it's like, yo, you. like I'm not even yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Um, but I mean, again, people are listening. So I guess you just take advantage of that and hopefully yeah. people are learning. Um, but when it comes to the masters and traditions, and obviously it has the bad traditions um, as golf does, but with drive chip and putt being added on the ANWA being added on what other traditions would you like to see, or do you think they could add to help grow the game of golf or to be a little bit more welcoming? See, that's the thing with me and the masters, like, what? because I, I find myself as, 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 as Malcolm as I want to be in the, in the golf <laughs> industry. Like I do find myself enjoying a lot of the, 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 events of the masters enjoyable mm -hmm. you know the par yeah. three is not going to happen this oh, year I unfortunately i do like seeing the little kids running around their jumpsuits that's awesome like, yes you know the hole in ones and some of the old greats playing golf with their grandkids like i enjoy that you know jim nance yes. coming into the telecast and mike Tarico and you know this this the sultriness and the the little mm -hmm. piano music with the azaleas and the dogwoods in the back like you know, I do love, love, love all of that. Like, that's like my favorite, right? Yeah. Who's tournament, who's, who doesn't love the masters from, you know, as a viewer, as a fan. Now, from a tradition standpoint, you know, I'm going to say something that's kind of out of left field and, and a lot of people won't agree with me, but it's fine. I don't care. I want to see more of the actual Augusta national caddies 
being used oh, yeah. as loopers in the championship. That's I would cool. love to see that because I really like that. I want to say it was 82 or 84 when, you know, the you know, in during the Masters you didn't have to take an Augusta National caddy. You look back at in the 70s Fuzzy Zeller won because he had he was like a blind dog and he had a or a, he's like a blind male with a CNI dog and his caddy mm. led him all the way around Augusta National. He won his first appearance in I want to say the 76. Uh, don't quote me. Uh, yeah. you know, masters, but I would love to see some of the, the, the weekend week out loopers, the guys that know where every sprinkler head is and every blade of grass and tree root. I'd love yeah. to see them back. Caddying That's on tour. true because you really don't learn about that history either. You know, the caddy programs and these caddies work there year round. They've been there. A lot of them for 20 years, Matt, you yeah. know, plus 20, 30 years, generations. Um, there's such a deep history there, especially somewhere like Augusta National, where they know that course like the back of their hand. I think that would be a really interesting tradition to bring on, whether it's like, what if you even like mic'd a caddy or had a caddy, like a special around a caddy, just getting like to bring know, them in the booth. Bring them in the booth. Yes. How interesting would that be? Adam, right. the, Jan, Jim Nance. Ooh, you just say Jim Nance and the Masters, that. and I'm like, I'm like, good. <laughs> Hey, Bashad, we got to get to a question from one of our followers on Instagram. They slid into your DMs. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They did not slide into your DMs. They slid into our DMs. Um, And, uh, you know, it's from All Access Golf. They want to know, how has COVID helped the golf industry? I mean, everyone's (laughs) trying to do anything possible to get outside, and golf is the one thing that we've been able to do. So I know this is has been a booming time for the golf industry. Everybody I've seen, and, and we've seen it even in the celebrity world of people getting out on the golf course that you never would expect <laughs> to be out there. Yeah. Um, everything else was closed, but you can pick up a golf club and go hit some balls. So, I mean, it's definitely helped grow the game. I mean, haven't you, haven't you seen that? You know, a couple of things I'd say. So, you know, from a numbers perspective, golf's up 30% in participants over the last year. 30% is a huge year, deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal for golf. Like we said earlier in the episode, we're seeing black and brown women ages 8 to 12 come into the game in very, very large numbers. Um, One thing that I've noticed is I can't get a damn tee time. You know, living here in (laughs) Scottsdale, Phoenix, trying to play golf and trying to call the, you know, trying to call the plug. Like, yo, can I get on today? And they're like, no, nah, <laughs> no you're not getting nowhere. No plug anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, not this, this, that round $300 that you're trying to steal. So, no, nah, I'm going to need that cash. Um, so we've seen increased rounds. And what I find, too, is because golf's outside, it's always been deemed a socially distant activity. So the people that have, haven't ever been interested in golf and they've been locked up in their homes like caged dogs, they're like, hey, you know what? I can go do this golf thing. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've never done it before, but look, I ain't got to wear a mask. I can be outside nope. for four hours. I don't have to yes. be in here with these Fresh kids air, and my wife got me nuts. And, <laughs> and we don't hit it the straight. Everybody don't hit it, you know, in the same direction, especially the new players. And, you know, we've seen, um, you know, people try it out. Like, just, you know, let's, let's go. Let's go do it. You know, with top golfs, the driving ranges, the, 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 the nine hole courses, the par three courses have been packed. Because yes. people haven't had an opportunity to do anything. And um, golf has been kind of that respite for them to, to get outside and be active. And I think it's been fantastic. And uh, yeah. it, it sucks for kind of people like me because I'm trying to go play my damn self. And now I got all these <laughs> new people. But I'm just, I ain't going to hate on everybody, man. I'm it's just good saying. for the game, but bad for us individually because we want to work on our games. And I feel <laughs> you, though, because I tried to get a tea time last time. I was in Phoenix when we were trying to play. 
and literally even going on you know the golf websites to try to get a tea time couldn't do it nothing in the entire city of phoenix (laughs) yeah and there's no plug to call because you know they're trying to make their money (laughs) right it's like it's like theft but look Shy, we appreciate your time. We see that you're traveling because you're in a hotel room. Hey, but thanks to those who tuned in to watch first ever live episode of Birdie's Not BS here on the PGD Global Clubhouse. Hey, and if you're listening to the podcast or watching the replay on YouTube, this is the new format. So get used to seeing me, seeing Shy. We come together, man. It's all it's all love here. But hey, follow, listen, and share. Slide your questions in our DM. Shy, how do they find us? You can go to birdiesnotbs.com or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at birdiesnotbs. Just shoot us a message, comment, write, whatever, and we'll hit you back. It looks like you got your nails done the way you were doing all that. But, hey, thank you guys so much. Follow along. Love you.